You're basically John the Baptist for the league. Well, it needs one. It needs a messiah to come after you. You end up beheaded, but, you know, yeah. for, for the good of the game. Well, you'd be willing to lay down your life, right? OTB AM. Live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. The Koi Gig Pod on OTB Sports in association with Cadbury. A player and a half deserves a glass and a half of support. Everyone ran their socks off tonight and they left everything out there. They're very proud of the, the team's performance. Let the shackles off Katie a bit so that she can go and play her game. We're going to go out there to beat them. We're going to try and beat them. Hello there, I'm Kathleen McNamee and this is the Koi Gig Pod on OTV Sports. Back with me again is Karen Duggan. After a nice little mid-tournament break, Karen? Yeah, you know, just everyone needs a break every so often, a little injury break. <laughs> oh yeah, I went to Barcelona at the weekend. To be fair, it was fab. Back to a nice, dull Ireland morning here now. I am very jealous, Barcelona. It sounds very nice. Although it did give me a great opportunity to just bring another Sligo person on the podcast. So, you know, <laughs> I am not... Every opportunity you can get. <laughs> <laughs> Quite literally, any yeah. opportunity. <laughs> Um, well, you were away, but I hope that means that you didn't miss all the fun that happened over the semi-finals because they were two very fun finals for two completely different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll start with the first one: England versus Spain, four nil or first Sweden, four nil to Sweden or to what am I saying? Four to <laughs> it's England. been a long tournament, it's been a really long tournament. <laughs> You can tell Kathy just got back from Milton Keynes at like two yeah. in the morning. Uh, England versus Sweden, 4 0. England absolutely dominated the whole thing. I was so impressed with them. I wasn't expecting, I didn't think that Sweden were necessarily going to win this match, but I also didn't think England were going to put four past them. I did just haven't watched Sweden so closely in recent times. Of, for me, they were the most underwhelming of the top teams in the tournament. Um, I felt like they really were, they had nothing kind of in attack. So there was nothing to get excited about. And then we did see some frailties. We saw the likes of Portugal really causing them a lot of issues. And Mm. the gulf between say the likes of England and Portugal is massive. And to be fair to England, they come into this tournament and they've kind of just set it alight. It's obviously Spain got close to them and they were missing that cutting edge, but that was the only challenge they've really faced and they stood up to it really well. So there was no doubt in my mind that England would win, but 4-0 in a semi-final is an absolute drub and, and Sweden have, have a lot to look at themselves, but that's not taken away from England who from the first game, we kind of were like, yeah, they're they're on track for the final and it has, it has come to fruition. <laughs> I was going to say unfortunately, but it's probably really good for the tournament that they are there and, it just shows the development of the WSL and all the money that they've put in is really, really worth it. I know I was thinking about like the first episode we did for the tournament and the reluctance of the two of us <laughs> to say that England were going to be in the final, but I think the two of us did know it was going to happen yeah. one way or another. Um, again, I know so it was kind of nice to see the scope of people who scored in this match as well. You mm. obviously had Mead, Bronze, Russo and Frank Kirby. Frank Kirby's in particular I enjoyed. I just think after everything she's been through to get that goal, to have that moment and you can see how delighted everyone around her was yeah. as well, which was really nice. Yeah, it was a lovely moment. Absolute howler by the keeper, but it was yeah. a lovely moment. <laughs> um, Linda won't want to see that one again, but... No. Again, There'll be a few you practice. won't want to see again after that. Yeah. I mean, Russo's goal. Okay, yeah. let's get to the Russo goal straight away. Like, a uh, back heel nutmeg. Like, it was... <laughs> one, for me, it was one of the moments of the tournament as well. Like, you, 
you couldn't to have the balls to even attempt that in a European semi final. I think she's one who's going to garner a lot of attention for her performances off the bench. It's mad to think that she's coming off the bench as she's like scoring in every game. I know. Well, because that is the argument, isn't it? And I, I saw Tim Stillman, who does a lot of work with Ars Blog and like the Arsenal fan site, saying it's funny now seeing another side of his Twitter line give off about the fact that Serena Wiegmann never changes her starting 11 because it's basically the same thing she did in the Netherlands. It's just the way she operates. She doesn't like change. Mm-hmm. Do you think that like that's sort of a tournament thing and then maybe looking ahead to the World Cup, players like Russo and Toon are more likely to get that starting? Yeah, I think so. I think that this is, she had made her decision. It was set in stone. There'll be a bit of scope for change after this. You'd imagine like Ellen White is fit as she is and as much as she gives like again she'll be another year older and Russo will be another year older in the right direction you know she'll have gained Mm -hmm. this tournament experience and she perhaps would have there's kind of there's no pressure on her really coming off the bench so um, it gives her more time to kind of grow into that role as well so it it's working they can give out all they want but European final and our favourites I would say going into that European final yeah, I think so. Although it's interesting because I do think as well they're obviously going to face Germany and we'll talk a bit more about their game against France, but Germany probably have all the elements that other teams that England have faced. Like the like say Spain, like they were so possession based, they were so mm-hmm. like they pressed really hard. Sweden in that starting game, like first twenty minutes or so were quite frantic and they really were like just trying to disorganize yeah. England completely. And I think Germany is probably a good combination of all those individual elements. So I wonder, will they have enough in that just to maybe slide one or two past them? I don't know. I just, I think it's going to, I hope it's going to be tight because I would just love to see Beth Mead and Alex Pop just like switching goals consistently for 90 minutes. And we just come with like a 4-3 thriller or something. Yeah, I don't, I don't see Alex Pop not scoring and yeah. <laughs> probably equally Beth Mead. So, um, yeah, it'd be a good face off between them. But, oh my God, like just the sheer power and will of Alex Pop to get those two goals that she did in the Germany semi final. I mean, she's just she's an animal. She's a different beast. She's something that England haven't had, haven't come up against in, in that regard. Like she will put those centre backs under pressure. She's, everywhere on the pitch and you can kind of just feel it from them that they want it so much um, just the way they talk after the game about people not giving them a chance to get yeah. this far and stuff like that that's uh, it's obviously played on their mind and they've used it as motivation and the thing that's really standing out to me about Germany is how much of a team they are yeah. they always talk about the 1-23 to um, and as much as the subs have been important for England, it's not really the main topic of conversation. Whereas in Germany, it seems to be just about the team, even though Pop is obviously standout and she's a star, but um, yeah. just the way they speak, it's it's really nice. Yeah. Well, just for like, if anyone is listening and doesn't know all that much about Alex Pop's career, she's missed the last two European championships with serious injuries. She nearly missed, if this had gone ahead last summer like I was supposed to. She also would have missed that because she was yeah. out for 11 months with another serious injury. She only came back in March of this year, I think, then caught COVID a couple of weeks out for the tournament, is now tied with Beth Mead for the Golden Boot, has scored in every match so far. First player ever scoring five consecutive Euros games and she also got her extra one last night. 
And just even generally her career before this is insane. I mean, it's like 119 Germany caps, 59 goals. She won like three Bundesliga titles, two Champions Leagues, like eight German Cups. She's just like... I couldn't believe her age because I feel like she's been around forever. But yeah. she's just been amazing forever. She's still in her 20s. I was like, what do you mean? She's not like she's. <laughs> yeah, no, she's she at is. 45, but <laughs> gosh, she's, she's incredible. She is next level. And I love even the evolution of her from like when she scored in that first match against Denmark. She mm. came on like 61st minute, I think, or something as a substitute for Leah Schiller and got her goal. And you could just see the emotion like mm. she was almost in tears after scoring because obviously it meant so much to her. And then by the time you fast forward to yesterday and she's wheeling away after she scored her goals and she's enjoying it and she's just, you Mm -hmm. know, properly having that moment to herself. And I just imagine it's so nice. And even like at the end of the game, the fact that the whole team, she kind of just collapsed on the ground, I think taking it all in and the whole team just raced and jumped on top of her. So it's a bit like someone like Fran Kirby. It's obvious that the whole team has got behind her and got behind her having that moment which I think is really nice yeah but and also pure relief in that game I mean France did everything but throw the kitchen sink at Germany and Germany stood up to it it was like they spoke about how tiring the game it was and Mm. you could really tell how much they wanted like Pop was even back putting in blocks and bodies on the line sort of stuff Um, because to be fair to France they've had a really good tournament as well Mm-hmm. Um, but Germany I'm glad Germany have gone all the way because for me along with England and Spain they've been the best to watch and I think the other thing about last night is that France were doing a lot but you, there was still that certain calmness about Germany that I mm. just felt I felt quite comfortable that even when it went to 1-1 you felt like they had another goal in them and like the goal that France got was quite unfortunate in the way that it did like bounce off France into the goal. But even when they were taking shots and stuff, you just felt like it was one of those nights where none of them were going quite right. Like some of them, I I think it was Baca nearly had an absolute stunning strike in the second half, but it just went wide. And it was like, that was their story of their night. Everything went just wide. Um, Yeah, but they're they're just so comfortable in how they play. There's such a conviction to everything they do. Um, And again, you're not really talking about individuals. Maybe Pop's finishing is amazing, but the way they work together as a team is so enjoyable. And I think tactically, I think the final would be really interesting because I don't think, I think England have probably more flair, but also more vulnerabilities. So it's really, it'll just be really interesting to see how it goes. It could, it, one team could hammer the other team or it could be nil all. Like it's so hard to call. And what do you think will be the areas that England are most concerned about? Like, are you looking at the kind of Rachel Daly position? Yeah, just because all we can go off is kind of the vulnerability they had against Spain. And it was kind of down that right hand side. And probably also, I think both fullback areas because they both are wanting to bomb on so much. Like yeah. there's going to be no containing Lucy Bronze in the European Cup final. Like she's going to want to probably get herself on the score sheet or at least on the assist. Well, especially after getting a goal added an assist yeah. in the semi-final. So, I think that if Germany are clever, they can soak, Germany have the ability to soak up a lot of pressure and mm. kind of entice England forward. And then that might leave gaps in behind um, for them to work their way up the pitch. So, uh, 
I think the fact that Germany can soak up that pressure and we saw them stand up to it against France, um, it could just open England up a bit. And do you see any frailties in this German side? Like, is there, what would be the area that you think England will target? I mean, England's pace is kind of frightening sometimes, the way that they can move the ball. Um, They've got so much success from crossing um, and they've got like such dangerous delivery and they're so willing to get on the end of those crosses. So I think that the wings on both, (laughs) because they're so good at them, they're both their strength and their weakness because it could leave them open. But again, it'd be so hard to contain them. And the fact that kind of hemp can move wings, I think England are very dynamic and Germany are going to have to be very, very organized to kind of just manage that because England will have so many players forward and they are so willing to kind of break lines and play in different ways. Hmm. Um, well, asking a Germany team to be organized isn't always. Yeah, it's a no brainer. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, because I was thinking that even watching the France game, like you say about England having so much success from crosses, like Germany have been very similar in that. I mean, mm-hmm. both Pop's goals last night yeah. came from cross. One was a volley and the other was a header both from Hoos. So that'll probably be someone that their England will look to target to make sure. No, but I mean, Millie Bright is phenomenal in the air as well. So that yeah. that's a battle I'm looking forward to too, because Pop yeah. is one of the best headers in the world and Millie Bright defensively probably is too. Mm. Massively disappointed that we went to the entire tournament without a Wendy Renard header goal. Yeah. I feel like it's the classic, like Millie Bright gets a goal, Louise Quinn gets a goal, their yeah. head is just... <laughs> It doesn't feel like a proper tournament unless you have one. Oh, it's really been one for the strikers, to be fair. You yeah. have to say that the, the strikers are grabbing all the headlines. Yeah, definitely. And speaking of, that does mean we do have the Beth Mead, Alex Pop, Golden Boot race. Who do you think is going to come out on top? Which Pop. is probably also a question as to who do you think is going to win Pop. it. I feel like. <laughs> I'm willing it to be Pop. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just think the, I'd love her to get the record of scoring in every single game. The whole yeah. while. Um <laughs> Mead will probably get a hat trick now after me saying that. But well uh, Beth Bean does all of a Wembley hat trick. So Yeah. <laughs> I kind of am thinking that two one Germany. Okay. Okay. Praying, praying for the two one Germany. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't yeah. even know if I fully believe myself, to be honest. Yeah. Well, yeah, I that's the thing, because I think that I'm I'm leaning towards Germany, but I feel like that's probably my heart wanting it more than my actual. Oh, absolutely! Head. If if I removed, if I just put my football analyst hat on, yeah, England are the favourites for a reason. Yeah, but I do think, like, I do think Germany can stick it to them in a way that other teams probably haven't before. Or at least frustrate them a little bit and yeah. maybe take them to that 60th minute without a goal, and then of course Russo's going to come on and do something absolutely. Yeah. Crazy. Um. Bicycle yeah, from the halfway line or something like that. Yeah. I'm going to say 3 2 Germany because I just want, I, that's just me willing there to be lots of goals. Ooh. A bit like you said before, it could easily end up being nil all <laughs> and we'll end up in like penalties and it'll be another England heart. I wouldn't mind Germany winning on penalties either. <laughs> <laughs> just, just for tradition, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to be hearing so much about that over the next few days. Mm. Um, 
But yeah, I'm looking forward to the hype though around England being in the final. I mean, it is great, and it will, the media coverage will be huge, and yeah, the attendance will be huge. Like the amount of people from Ireland who I know who are going over mm. with or without tickets, it just shows what a huge event it's going to be. Yeah, and it makes me kind of I for the last game for the England semi final, I went over to the fan zone in Trafalgar Square just to kind of like soak up some of the atmosphere, and I was like, oh, this will be kind of cool to go to. And it was such a bizarre setup; like they had the two big screens, but they were in front of both the fountains in Trafalgar Square, and then they had like a mini astro turf setup, and that was also in front of the screen. So like, mm. it felt like it was almost set up to like everything around it was set up to entertain kids or something rather mm. than actually just watch the match. Bands, and I was like, yeah, set up two big screens. You probably didn't need all that much more. And it was just uh, like, I know the atmosphere did improve a bit. Like I was there quite yeah. early on in the evening and I know it did improve after that, but like, it was just really weird. And I think that's something that people have said throughout the tournament that mm. a lot of those fan zones or a lot of stuff created for around the tournament it's like really geared towards the younger audience. Yeah, I think not- they kind of have maybe underestimated the yeah. type of fan that was going to come to this game. Cause we do know when we go to the Ireland games, it is predominantly kids and stuff like that and yeah. women, but this is a European final and it's the biggest one that there's been. So yeah, I do think exactly. they underestimated. And I even I was talking to a couple of people, like say around my own age, like mid twenties, and they're like, "You just want to have a few pints before the match. Yeah. Like there wouldn't be anywhere to get a pint or whatever." Yeah, it is strange. Yeah, it's just unusual. Like the marketing of it, I think, could have been a bit better to kind of say to people because I know I've had friends who've watched some of who would never watch women's football. Mm-hmm but we're just in the pub and the match happened to be on. And they were like, oh, it was actually like really good atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Like England, they're all English people. They're like, England were playing. Everyone was like singing Sweet Caroline. It's coming home. Like, and they really got invested in that side of it. Mm-hmm. And I just wish there had been a bit more focus on that, I suppose, throughout the tournament to kind of bring more people into it. or Bring, new, bring the new audience in and retain the new audience. And yeah, kind of because, I mean, some of the football we've seen has been absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. And Again, say people who don't watch women's football all the time will send me like one of Russo's goals and be like, what on earth is this? You know, and I just feel like there was so much opportunity there that they maybe left behind a little bit. Doesn't also help that they had train strikes and English transport in general was quite rubbish. Yeah, the heat wave and all the rest (laughs) go crack, but... Yeah, no, it is. Australia next summer, Karen. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. 50 degree heat, loving life. Well, it's supposed to be winter there. That's so weird. Yeah, I wouldn't mind doing a few early morning podcasts from Australia now next year. That'd be a bit, <laughs> bit of a different story to doing it here. <laughs> yeah, definitely. No, but I just, I like, I know a lot of people coming over as well, but I just suppose I wish they had put more of a big tournament feel into the whole thing. Just some places were really good, you know, so depending on what fans you had. Yeah. I mean, Netherlands, always raw party, was always yeah. good crack. Generally good atmosphere around the England games because they were home team. But say even like some of the Germany games I went to were quite flat. Like mm. it just felt like it needed someone with a bit of ambition for the whole yeah. tournament to push it along. Yeah, I'm I'm sure that that'll be kind of spoken about after the tournament, but also the fact that Wembley will be sold out might uh, might 
kind of overshadow that little a little bit and they'll say look how great this was and we sold out Wembley yeah. and all that kind of crack um I can imagine that that will be the main narrative around the final but uh, yeah there's definitely lessons learned and, and things that we can that can be improved on but again a sold out Wembley is going to be pretty amazing yeah and to briefly mention another sellout, also Ireland Finland sold out yesterday after going on sale. Mm-hmm. So Tala will be bopping for that. Absolutely. Yeah. They've been pushing for this for a long time, but it's such a huge game as well that Ireland could actually reach the playoffs in this game. Like it's it's massive. So it it deserves a crowd. No, absolutely. And we will be there in all our colours supporting yeah. as well. <laughs> Um, that's it for us for now but we will be back on Monday morning to break down what we hope is a final for the ages between England and Germany we'll also be doing a look back at the tournament as a whole so if you have any questions get into them get them into us in our snazzy new email mm. address the pod at offtheball.com lovely stuff that uh, the Pod and Ode Sports is an association with Cabri FC official snack partner to the Republic of Ireland's women's national team we will see you all on Monday the Koi Gig Pod and OTB Sports in association with Cadbury. A player and a half deserves a glass and a half of support.